You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Airhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Today we have the best of Wednesday and Thursday as we lead up into the AFC title game, 5.40 p.m. on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills. Here's the rundown for today. Andy Reid from Wednesday. We also have Andy Reid from Thursday. Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnolo, Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, Tyree Kill, and finally, Chris Jones. Now that's a lot of names, so if you want to hear someone in particular, I put the timestamps in in the description, but let's start with Andy Reid from Wednesday, which will be immediately followed by Andy Reid from Thursday. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> so the guys that really the only guy that didn't practice today was uh, Willie Gay. So um, everybody else was out there and uh, in some form or another and, and working. So uh, Breland, uh, Hilaire, Fenton, Mahomes, and Sammy all did. Did some work. Um, today's, you know, not the not the biggest part. Tomorrow's bigger practice, longer practice than what today is. But they all seem to make it through well, and we'll just see how it how it goes um, uh, tomorrow. So um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Bills. So they're good football team, well coach. I mean, Sean's done a tremendous job there. <clears throat> He's got really good coordinators, head coach caliber coordinators, and um, you know they're. They're just a real good football team. Every every angle you look at, they're they're a good football team and have talent. So, anyways, with that time, yours. <clears throat> Go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, can you um, tell us how much Pat did? Was he full? Was he limited? How much Pat did, and uh, um, how he looked when he was out there as well? Yeah, um, so he looked good. He's just uh, he's in the protocol, so they, there's only certain things he can do, and. And it's a limited basis, but today is a little bit limited practice. So he this fit right into what he could do, and and um, but he took all the snaps, and you know he feels he feels good. So I mean, we just we're just gonna follow this protocol uh, as close as we possibly can. So let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey Andy, um, after the uh, the Falcons game, you and and Patrick both had mentioned you know some issues with uh, protection calls. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, can you walk us through like the you know 21 days um, how you guys address that? And I know the Browns don't blitz a lot, but how you thought those guys did um, the other night? Yeah, no, we I, I thought the guys did well. Um, it, you know, they're listen. We got a veteran line, so I mean, they're they're pretty adept at what they what they do. Um, every once in a while, there, there'll be a hiccup, um, and then it's good to have the veterans there so they can all fix it between Pat and the the guys. And I think that's probably what Pat was talking about. Just they they worked out the different looks, and we we walked through them and and um, you know, made sure we're sound in those areas. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. 
Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, you, you haven't obviously it's been since week six since you played them, but what's different about them now compared to when you were preparing for them back then? Well, it looks like they're they're healthy. I mean, they were missing a couple guys at that time and uh, key guys, and so I I think that they've got everybody back and they're and they're playing at a high level. I mean, they've reeled off quite a few games here in a row of victories, and um, like I said, they're well coached and they're a good player. So, Herbie, they're they're playing good football right now. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, I was curious about um, what you remember seeing about Sean during his days in Philadelphia that maybe led you to believe that he could lead a team to, to this level. Yeah, well, very organized, very smart, and very tough. I would tell you one of the primary characteristics, uh, state wrestling champ, uh, you know, that whole deal. He uh, was a safety in college at William & Mary academic school and he was one of the starters he and Mike Tomlin actually so and uh, their their backfield was pretty good there their secondary was pretty good sharper was the other one um so uh and then um he came from a coaching family so his dad dad was a heck of a coach and 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 Sean just kind of picked up right from there and uh, very solid very good go next to Nate Taylor go ahead Nate Hey, Andy, I have two questions for you. I uh, just wanted to clarify that Brashad Breland is through the concussion protocol. Was he cleared um, sort of? Yeah, he's working day? through it, too. He's in, he's in concussion protocol working through it, yes. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then secondly, um, this may sound silly to some degree, but does, does anything really change offensively in terms of the game planning with Patrick in the protocol and obviously Chad going through most of the reps, or does it mostly stay the same? Yeah, you know, when, when Chad was in the game, we didn't have to really change much. So um, that was a, a plus. And, and um, so we've kind of, we're just leaving it the way we, we do. Chad's comfortable with it. And, you know, he, he feels that he can handle that if needed. So I, I think you know, that's it's all well there. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, just uh, real quick, a uh, housekeeping uh, formality, and this may be one that, you know, frankly, your answer is going to be none of your business. Uh, it, it sounds like it's the third stage of the protocol. I don't know what the obligations are on whether or not you have to tell us that or not, but I just want to make sure we ask it in case it is something that you can share with us. Do we know what can, – can you tell us which stage he's in? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, whatever day we're in here. So it's a, they kind of base it off of that. He's, he's done well up to this point. And they just progress you through uh, the day. So today was, uh, you know, work, limited work and, and, uh, uh, and no contact, I think, was the schedule for today. So we're and that's kind of what we're doing on on Wednesday. So it fit in perfect with that. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy, um, this might be kind right, of obvious answer, but but I'd hate to just assume something. Um when, when Patrick got hurt with the knee injury, you haven't run a quarterback sneak since. I assume that this situation is different. I mean, you can't re can you really get away with not having Patrick's legs, whenever he does play, be part of your offense? Well, I mean, listen, uh, it's hard to stop somebody from using their legs uh, and, and running when they, when they choose to run. So 
Um, if he can't do that, he's probably not going to be able, he's probably not passed the protocol to, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of how that rolls. You know, you don't want to put him out there if he can't, if he, he's going to be in, he can't move, you know, so. Got time for a couple more. We'll go Breland and then Harold. Go ahead, Breland. Hey, good morning, Andy. Uh, you Hi, Breland. touched on it a little bit earlier today, but Sean McDermott, in just three short years, he's been able to take a team that hadn't made playoffs in 18 years to a team that is now playing against you in the AFC Championship. Just how incredible is it for you to see him find such success in Buffalo? Yeah, well, it's tremendous. He, he deserves coach of the year, man. I mean, he, he's taken a franchise there, <clears throat> both he and his general manager, and put this thing together with some bold moves and and um, and production here now. So uh, I think he's done tremendous. What a great thing for the NFL and for Buffalo, which is uh, you've been there, I'm, I'm sure, just to, for a game. It's a, they love football in Buffalo. And I just, he, he's really done a nice job with that whole, with that whole program. We'll go last to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Andy, hope you're doing well. Um, Thanks, when it comes to Matt Milano, the Bills are 12-0, and 0 and they've averaged, I think, 18.6 points defensively given up. It's like one of the top in the league. What is it about him specifically being the quarterback on the defense that you guys face a challenge for? Because you did have to face him in the first game, obviously. But him specifically, what, where does that change come? Yeah, well, he's a heck of a football player. Plays with great energy. He's a good cover guy. Um, good against the run. Um, he is our quarterback of that of that group. And uh, um, he was missing our last game. So um, we just, listen, we look forward to the challenge of, of playing against him. He's, a, he's one heck of a player. And, you know, that's what this is all about. So, you know, you... Um, so I, I, they'll, they'll be different. I mean, they'll be different than what they were when we played them. And our guys understand that. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We practiced today. So I, I think we know that. And Le'Veon uh, Bell, had his knee swole up yesterday. So he did not practice. Um, we'll just get that down and get him back ready to go. Uh, Willie uh, Gay did not practice. Everybody else practiced, um, did a nice job. Um, the guys that are in the concussion protocol, which is Breland and, and Mahomes, uh, were limited on what they did. So it was, um, but listen, they got, they all got good work in. And that was, uh, that was the important thing as we, as we went through today. It was good tempo. Um, you know, the guys, the guys again, it was a good first step, uh, getting things going. So, um, and then, uh, Clyde, he did practice, and so did Sammy. So they both got some work in today. Anyways, without time, yours. Go first to Vahe Gregorian. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, uh, hey, Andy, Brad. I'll have a quick follow up too. Um, Andy, just uh, just writing something about Tyreek's development, and I, I just wonder if you could think back. It's been a while now, but to how how much he needed to do to become a receiver, what all he needed when he came in, and and and. What, what's taking him to where he is now? Yeah, well, he, you know, he was a tweener player where he got to do both in college and receiver part of it, but um, he attacked the issue coming in. People said he might just be a returner. That that wasn't the case. That's not how he perceived himself. And, um, and he worked at it. 
and he spent a lot of time with the quarterbacks and it it showed uh, in his development over the over the years but there, there's a lot of technique and fundamentals that go into playing wide receiver in the National Football League and he had to go and learn those and he, he put his mind to it and obviously receiver requires a lot more than being fast but it, do you think sometimes his speed uh, almost overshadows all the other things he's he's able to do as a receiver He's got the speed and he has a quickness uh, that we see, but it's a technique and fundamentals that he uses uh, to get open. Likewise, there are a lot of fast and quick guys in this league, but uh, to play wide receiver, you got to have the rest of it. And uh, he's worked very hard at getting that, whether it's with uh, David Cully or, or Greg. Um, he's been blessed to have Greg, uh, just having uh, Greg had, haven't been a player in the offense. So he, you know, what a great situation that's been for him. Go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. I don't. I don't know if you heard, and I apologize if you hadn't. That uh, Ted Thompson passed away. And I'm just I did, curious I just about your thoughts about Ted. Yeah, good friend. Um, I was sorry to hear about that. Uh, good man, um, and he was good at what he did, but even a better person. So, uh, sad deal. And um, you know the the remaining family that he has. I just uh, my prayers go out to them. Go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, uh, we, we talked with uh, Coach McDermott earlier in the uh, – sorry, my microphone fell off. Uh, we talked to Coach McDermott earlier in the week, Coach, and about, you know, kind of ha- maybe how your influence of, of, you know, throw the ball and get to the run later, not not being, you know, old school football where you got to establish the run. That's got to be the first thing you've got to do and, and how that came about. I, I'm curious, have, have you – you know, made a note of, of how the league seems to be following in your, you know, you said the other day, every down's a throwing down. Like, does that drive you? Does that force you to go even more in that direction to stay ahead of the uh, the curve? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was kind of raised that way with it, but, um, uh, you know, I understand the importance of the run game too in there. So it's there's got to be, um, you've got to be efficient at both. Uh, but, you've got to be able to throw the football in today's world. You have to be able to do it. these kids are starting now when they're, they're in little league football and, and working their way up. High schools are throwing colleges are throwing. And so um, it's not a secret anymore that that's, that's not a bad way to go. And, um, and this league is um, phenomenal at doing it. Some of the creativity and uh, that you see right now in this league is, is, uh, is really neat. You know, to, to know where it was and where it's at now. <clears throat> Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, just confirming with you that Pat is still in the protocol. Is that right? And Brad, I'll have a quick second question. Yeah, both uh, Pat and Breland are both in the protocol. Um, okay. <clears throat> and working on a limited basis. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. And okay. both did, are did, he t- so. did Pat take all the starter snaps today? Uh, the majority of them, yeah, he took them. Yep. Okay, thanks. We'll go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, we'll get uh, a chance to speak with Daryl today. Given how his year has gone, where maybe he thought he would be within the mix for a lot of snaps early on, injecting a draft pick, injecting Le'Veon Bell. So how proud are you for him keeping with it through the season, and now he's getting really these primetime opportunities? Yeah, you know what? You cut out the first part of that. I heard Le'Veon Bell, and I didn't hear the. Okay, yeah, sorry. We'll get, we're getting Daryl today. I, I just how proud oh, are you I got you. for okay. him sticking I, I with it, you. given just the circumstances. 
Okay, good. Yeah, no, Daryl, a uh, strong-minded kid. So <clears throat> I'm proud of him and how he's handled it. Uh, you know, he had a he had a nice year last year. He comes in, he got hurt, and then he comes back and he worked his tail off to get himself back uh, into football shape, and and um, and and it's paying off for him. So uh, he's really he's done a nice job for us, and uh, I'm happy for him. He's a good kid, so that you're happy for those guys that that work their tail off and are good people. So. We'll go last to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, just a quick follow-up to, to Adam Teicher's question. And um, how did Patrick look out there to you? And, and the last question is, Philip Rivers retired yesterday, and I know you've got some history with him over the years. What was your reaction to his retirement? Yeah, so Pat looked good um, out there. Um, he, he did a nice job when, when he was doing it. And um, looks like he's moving around well. He feels uh, feels good. So, um, it's just important that we follow the protocol and that's what we're doing. So, um, and then Philip, um, listen, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's getting to do now what he wanted to do. And that's coach high school football. Uh, and he's got all these kids, which is awesome. Uh, there's a time and a place where everybody's got to hang it up and he had a phenomenal career. Um, and he's a phenomenal guy and, and you, you pull for those guys. And so I'm, I'm just, I hope his second career here uh, coaching high school football is as good as his first career. Um, and that was uh, playing for the Chargers in Indy. So he's a, he's a heck of a player. Good person. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you. Appreciate you. Good afternoon. Hope, hope all is well with everyone. Hopefully everyone has remained safe uh, from the last time that I've seen you guys. Uh, here we are again, uh, third year in a row in the AFC uh, championship game. What a better place, to not a better place to be here in the uh, whole entire uh, world at this particular point. You know, we get an opportunity to, to defend home field and pursue our goals. With that said, uh, I'm all ears. Let's go first to Harold Kuntz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Doing good. How you doing, Harold? I'm good, man. Hey, uh, two questions for you. One, regarding the Buffalo defense with Matt Milano, they're 12-0, and and they've, I think, given up only 18.6 points per game. How much have you seen differently in that Buffalo defense than when you faced him in week six, especially with him coming back and how important he is to that defense? And I'll have another uh, you know what? I I, I see a, a hell of a team that's improved for whatever reason. You know, don't get me wrong. Our guys came out and played some good ball, but I've seen a, a huge difference in their approach and how they're handling things. Those guys are flying around. I think the world of 58, obviously Edmonds does a hell of a job. The thing that I respect is, uh, you know, watching that secondary. It's a veteran group. Those guys do a great job of communicating. They have a great understanding of what Les and Coach Sean McDermott has done. So this is going to be a fun game. And, and as we know, everything starts up front. They got some horses up front. We're going to see a lot of line games and that's okay. Our guys understand that we got to set the tone and we got to start it early and often. And my other question to you, and I know I probably already know what your answer is going to be, but just do you feel that since you've kind of become the face of this whole coaching search, if you will, you know, just especially nationally, do you, ever, do you feel any regret or remorse that it's come to the fact that you, 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 you're kind of the face of this? You know what, Harold, here's the thing. It's always good to be mentioned. And, and, and having an opportunity to pursue your dreams. And obviously, yes, I do want to be a head coach. But when it's all said and done with, my job is to make sure everything that we're doing right now is not to take away from the goals that we're trying to accomplish. The only thing that matters today, we got better.
Okay, today we had an opportunity to make sure we can take care of situational football as far as short yardage, goal line, and our third down situations. So now it's time for us to go back in and chop wood, watch this tape, and get ready for the next day. We want to make sure that we're getting our guys ready to make sure they can take care of business on Sunday. My own personal business, when all that's time to take care of itself, that will take care of itself, Harold. But thanks for asking. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, uh, I got a couple of things for you today. Uh, Daryl Williams, I mean, you guys have brought in a lot of backs the couple of year, uh, last couple of years from um, uh, LaShawn McCoy and, and uh, you know, the, uh, Darwin Thompson and this year, Le'Veon and, and Clyde. But Daryl's still standing. What is it about him? How is he the one who's still standing here? What, what is it about Daryl that, that he, he, you keep him around and he's a guy you turn to in a big playoff game? And, and Brad, I'll have one follow-up as well. Okay, Brad is, I mean, um, my man D-Dub, uh, Dirty, as everybody calls him. Dirty's a smart, intelligent football player. He always have been that way. He's a guy that can line up and play in two positions. He can play at the running back position. He can also play the fullback position. He's a very smooth operating customer. He's very smooth through the holes. Uh, the thing that he has always been told, and he understands this because it had a chance to come to light a few times since he's been here, make sure you continue working and only worry about the things that you can control. And when you're presented with that moment, you make sure that you make it happen. I told him the other day, yesterday, in fact, I told him that I was very proud of his performance, not because of the numbers that he put up. We knew that he was very capable of that. In fact, he could put up even more better numbers. The thing that I was proud of is his ability to persevere through all the adversity that he's been through because he really hasn't been given that opportunity to just go out there and shine like uh, I know every player has, you know, when they envision themselves playing in this league. So I'm very proud of the player, but more importantly, very proud of the person for just seeing it through. All right. And just also wanted to get your take on how Pat's looked through the last couple of days of practice. You know what? Um, uh, obviously, I'll let coach deal with all that, but uh, he's he looks like Pat to me. So <laughs> he's been great in meetings. You know, he's fun. He's energetic. So you can always count on Pat being Pat. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Good to see you, Eric. Um, I have two questions as well. Uh, the first one I'll start off with is um, Nick Allegretti had his first postseason debut. Um, just what did you see on tape and, and what was it like for him to really get his start against the Bills and how he's progressed to now? And then Brad, I'll have a follow up. You know what? I saw a kid that just like with everybody else up front that took advantage of a situation that understood that this time of the year, all right, the game is going to be uh, taken care of up front. I thought, uh, he did a heck of a job of coming off the ball. Obviously, just like anything, it's not going to always be perfect. But the thing that Nick takes a tremendous amount of pride in, he's going to line up and he's going to play the next play. He's going to give you everything that he has, and he's going to fight for 60 consecutive minutes. I enjoy watching him play. I enjoy watching those guys collectively play together as a group. And then on top of that, finishing the game the way we did. You know, that's that's what it's all about. And that was that was very, very unique. Now we got to put it together this week in practice and make sure that we can accomplish the same uh, goal this particular Sunday coming up. Yeah, Eric. And then secondly, going to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he could possibly make his debut on Sunday. Just what are you trying to share with him to prepare him for such an opportunity? And how might the balance work if you're going to have him and Daryl uh, going for you in the backfield? 
Well, if Clyde's going to be a part of this, you can never have enough good players that's going out there to play. And you want to be at your best. And when it's all said and done with, we want our best players to be in there, giving us the best opportunity to win. So we'll make sure that Coach Dillon is, is coming up with the plan uh, with myself and, and Coach Reed. And we'll just continue to work our way through. But at this particular time, we just want to make sure that Clyde is going to be there and be prepared to be, to, uh, to be the player that he can, uh, that he can be. Got time for a couple more. We'll go Karen and then Pete. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good, Ms. Karen. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. You know, Coach Spaggs was just basically saying it's hard to play a team twice. I'm wondering, do you save some really cool plays for this part of the season that we haven't seen yet and we can kind of watch for? <laughs> you know what, Ms. Karen? I'm not going to even give that away because <gasps> we have so many t uh, tons of plays. You just roll out that Rolodex. <laughs> Just choose a few, <laughs> pull them out from the Joe files. And uh, but I, I'll say this at, at this particular time of the year, you just want your guys to make sure that they play assignment sound football. Uh, will we have a wrinkle or two? Probably so. But when it's all said and done with, we just want to make sure we're putting our guys in the best situation to go out there and play as hard and as fast as they can. And then when it's all said and done with, we can end up celebrating and going to pursue our goal in, uh, in Tampa. We'll go last to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Brad, I have just one quick thing after this. Um, first, just to follow up here, um, why is Daryl Williams called dirty, do you think, in, in your estimation? You know what? I have no idea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so when he got here, I, in fact, I, I, I know that uh, the running back coach at that time, they, that's what they call him and uh, at LSU, but I will say this, it has nothing to do with his hygiene. Okay. Got it. Well, so, that's a good, that's a good he's thing. He's a great kid. Yes. And then for, for Sammy Watkins, I know he's faced a lot of adversity due to injuries this year, especially toward the end. And we know how important he is for your postseason offense. Just how is he taking everything? How's his mindset going into what could be his first game in a couple of weeks? You know what? Sammy's been great. And the thing about it, when Sammy's not in there, he's been great. Uh, obviously, Sammy's, you know, working himself back into the uh, into the lineup, into the rotation. And we're just trying to make sure we can get him across the finish line and get him there on Sunday. But all uh, uh, Rick and those guys that take care of that. But when it's all said and done, if he can be there, obviously, he's going to provide a spark for us. OK, he's going to give us another element to helping us to go out there and pursue our goals. And then on top of that, the things that he brings, he brings that energy. He brings that enthusiasm. He's a physical player. So if Sammy's able to go, we're looking forward to watching him do what he can do. But on top of that, we're just we're counting on him if he is playing to make sure that he does everything that is needed to help us to accomplish the goal. Coach E.B., we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. You guys take care. You just heard from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and now we continue on with Steve Spagnola. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful outside. Just got done with a great practice. Uh, we got blessed with a nice day of weather on January 21st. So with that, I'll open it up. Let's go first to Miss Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach Spags. How are you today? Hi, Karen. I'm doing great. Can you tell me the progress of Josh Allen, how he's progressed since week six in the film that you're looking at? Yeah, uh, listen, um, we thought he was pretty good when we played him in week six, but just the way they've functioned in these last 10, 12 weeks, whatever it's been, uh, highly efficient, very confident, see a real confident football player. He's not afraid to make any throw from any spot. Um, you know, most of these guys just say, make them go in a certain direction and he's weaker, but 
this is an athletic quarterback that's big. He's tough to tackle. Uh, and I think he's functioning in the offense that Brian has him in very, very well. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, coaches, it's been a while since you played these guys, and it was kind of an yeah. unusual kind of weather, weird kind of Monday afternoon game. Did you, yeah. you think you saw the best of them that day offensively? And, and it, do they look as a group like they've gotten better as the season's gone? Yeah, no question. I mean, look, at I, I think we're getting ready to play a football. It's always hard to play a team twice in a league, I mean, in a season. I mean, we know that. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team three times. Um, and so that's what we're faced with. And we certainly expect the level of their play to certainly go way up. Um, I think you're right about the weather there. might have changed things a little bit. Uh, we're fully expecting our most difficult task of the season. Big quarterback, wideouts all over the place, an offensive line that's functioning well together. And I don't think we should fall asleep on the run game. I think that running back is a good football player. Um, everybody comes in and tries to run the football on us, on us, and some people have some success and some don't. So we're ready for everything. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Um, hey, Sam. You, you've got some some sort of questions at cornerback in the sense that Rashad didn't play last week, and now you've got uh, Bashad Raylan going through the concussion protocol. Um, yeah. Legereus has played multiple roles this year. Does that affect what – I mean, are you asking him to do different things in practice this week in anticipation that he could do different things in the game? Yeah, you're pretty observant, Sam, because that is a <laughs> – that's something we're dancing around right now. Um, look, at you like to have all your guys, all your bodies in the right spots this time of year. Uh, but we are going through some things that are a real, little bit in flux. We're a little uncertain in some spots. Uh, hopefully, it'll, it'll clear itself up by Sunday or certainly before that so we get guys ready. But it, it happens in the middle of the game, and we have to be prepared. Now, I think our assistant coaches do a terrific job. Dave Merritt and Sam Madison do a great job back there of rolling guys through. You know, we have a plan either way uh, to what you're addressing, Sam, if certain guys can't go. And let's hope, let's hope most of our guys can make it to the game. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve. Good to see you. I actually want to follow up on Sam's question about Legereus. Uh, he's impressed you guys all year. Uh, my two-part question is just what jumped out to you most about Legereus in his first postseason game, and what were your observations of him when he did have to go to the outside late against the Browns? Yeah, it's a really good point because he didn't get a lot of reps at the corner spot because we were getting ready to him ready for him to play nickel, but you're talking about a guy that's really in the football. Um, I watch him in the meetings and how attentive he is. I watch him take notes in the iPad, which I still don't know how to do. Um, but he writes on that thing and then he, you know, he moves it and the whole thing. But, but listen, he's a guy that's, you know, kind of well beyond his years as far as a, uh, he doesn't play like a rookie. He certainly didn't last week. I love the way he plays. He loves playing football. He's passionate about it. I, we'd like not to move people all over the place. So let's hope, you know, we're healthy enough that we can keep him in the spot that we've had him normally. And, I, and again, uh, you know, I, I say this most of the times we talk about LJ, we're talking about a guy that did not get any reps in training camp at the nickel spot. So he's kind of learning on the run. Uh, hopefully we've got it all covered by now because it's a pretty important game. <laughs> we'll take a couple more. We'll go Pete Sweeney and then Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, curious about um, the problem that is Stefan Diggs. Seems like every week everybody knows he's coming, yet he still puts up a ton of production. Just how do you wrap yeah. your head on, on defending him? Well, I'm, we're hoping we can do what we do. I mean, we know our guys get up there and press as much as we can, but 
uh, listen, he finds ways to beat that. Um, you know, he can, for, we can, he can force us into penalties that hurt us a little bit last time we played him. Uh, but we won't change too much what we do. We do have to focus on him on certain calls that we have, certain situational football, and we'll do that. Uh, and when that happens, you know, the other guys covering what, what is their other talent, uh, Beasley's still a good player, and they got some other guys that can run pretty good on the outside, uh, have to get the job done. And we'll go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve, a couple things about Tyron Matthew. Um, you talked about, you know, maybe you're gonna, not going to have some of your guys at corner. How does his versatility maybe help you through a situation like that? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, you saw it last week in the Cleveland game. Uh, there were times we had to move him back in the slot. The luxury of having a guy like Tyron is you know that he's going to prepare himself to play all the positions we ask him to do. And you can trust that he's going to know what he has to do. There's only, you know, in this league, uh, not everybody can be a starter. Not everybody can get the reps during the season in practice. So there are guys that have to go in and play spots in a game that really haven't had those live reps in practice. Now, Tyron's one of those guys that can do it. Uh, and, and fortunately for us, you know, when we start to get banged up out there, we can move him around. So it's a, it's a luxury for us. And you said last week, you talked about him being one of those guys that makes all the other guys around him a better player. How much of that mm -hmm. has to do with his versatility that, you know, he can do this, he can do that, and, and maybe you can play to another guy's strengths? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a valid point. Uh, when you can move a guy around that you say, hey, there's a new guy at that position, but he knows what he's doing and we're going to be okay. I think everybody feels good about that. Um, that and look at the just the energy he brings and, you know, what he's saying to guys, whether it's on the sideline or in the huddle. Uh, I think they just trust him. They believe in him. Uh, the guy's a winner and he's made plays for us. And I think when you can get as many of those guys as you can, you'll be a better unit. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining okay. us. Thank you. Hi, Tyron. Good to see hey. you. Pleasure. Can you talk a little bit about Josh Allen? Have you seen him progress? I mean, you guys saw him earlier this season, but now that they're playing on this streak, what tendencies, what do you see from this quarterback? Uh, I think he's, you know, coming into his own. You know, he's definitely growing into his own, um, you know, more comfortable, more confidence. You know, I was able to play against him um, 2018 uh, when I was in Houston. He was, a, I mean, obviously he was a younger quarterback, um, but to just see his progression, you know, from then to now, uh, he's clearly, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, can throw the ball a mile, you know, can use his legs. You know, he's real physical, you know, when he's running the ball. Um, so he turns into a running back. Um, so, uh, you know, all hands are full this week, you know, if you talk about Josh Allen. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Taryn, you were caught on NFL Films talking about Ed Reed when you made that interception on the on the sideline. Just in, in that context, what – has goal visualization meant to you and, and what does it mean in, even at the team level moving forward as you guys push towards the second uh, Super Bowl? It's everything. You know, I think, you know, you visualizing, um, you know, obviously, you know, certain plays that you can make, um, certain moments. Uh, you just try to, you know, put yourself in those situations. Um, you know, I think for me, just being from Louisiana, you know, I was able to really, you know, watch Ed Reed, you know, up close and personal. And, you know, he meant a lot to his football team. Um, so for me, it's all about continuing to, to motivate myself, um, continuing to chase greatness. And, um, you know, I think anytime you bring up Ed Reed's name, you know, he's usually in a company of his own. So, um, you know, uh, he, he tends to get my heights, you know, set really high. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Tyron. Uh, you faced him once this year, but uh, when you look at the film and you think about your, your previous matchup against him, uh, why has Stephon Diggs been so successful this year? 
Well, he's a great receiver. You know, he can do it all. You know, they line him up at number one, you know, number two, number three. Um, they, they, they find mismatches for him. Um, but even when they can't find a mismatch, you know, he's lining up on number one cornerbacks and, you know, he's going to work. So, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that, that we got to know where he is in the formation. And then, too, we got to understand, you know, when the game's on the line and, you know, you're in these certain situations, you got to know where the ball's going. So, uh, you know, I think he's probably the, the most targeted receiver, you know, in the NFL. So uh, whoever's in front of him, you know, got, got, got tough duty. Let's go next to Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyron, as a quick follow-up to Karen's first question, when you were mentioning Josh Allen and what stands out to you about him, but when you, it's been a while since you have played the Bills, week six, but what's the biggest difference that you see in the preparing, preparing for them this week that you didn't see back in week six? Well, you know, I think really every game is different. Um, I think every team, you know, goes into, you know, you know, certain games and they want to accomplish certain things. Um, you know, I think this time around, you know, you're going to see a quarterback that's, you know, really understand, you know, where the ball is supposed to go. Um, you know, I think the last time we played him, it probably wasn't his best outing as a quarterback. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's going to come in here this Sunday, try to get into a rhythm, you know, fairly quickly. Um, I can see them, you know, using his legs early on to kind of get him in a groove because he's one of those quarterbacks. Once he gets in a groove, once he gets his confidence up, you know, he's tough to stop. So, um, you know, I think it'll be really important for us to come out of the gates, you know, playing really, really hard, really fast, uh, and everybody communicating. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Tyron, you've been uh, one of the better players in terms of run support, just as much as you are trying to manipulate the quarterback from the robber position. I just wonder, when you go through pre-snap reads, um, how different, how similar is it when you know you should, you know, have a responsibility in run support versus the interception with Mayfield where you moved a couple different spots before the ball, understanding that it was probably going to be a pass? Yeah, I think, you know, pre-snap just, you know, I think it, you know, allows you to, you know, understand where you're supposed to be if you get a certain play. Um, and I think for me, I just try to take that pre-snap, you know, judgment, try to make that judgment pre-snap and, you know, put my body in a position where I can make the play or, you know, one of my teammates can make the play. I, I think that's really the kind of the thought process. And we'll go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron, um, I think it's hey. five interceptions in the last six games, if I'm not mistaken. How much of that can you point to your film study? Can you say you wouldn't have had any of those without your, your during the week preparation? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow up if I could. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is, you know, really, you know, based off that. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of quarterbacks just, you know, really throw the ball at me. I think it's more, you know, scheme and schematic and trying to find a way to get the receiver open. But um, you know, once you're able to kind of diagnose the route concepts and the patterns, you know, I just try to, you know, put myself in position, um, you know, to make a play. And, and this interception streak, if you will, sort of coincides from you sort of playing more um, more safety and less uh, slot coverage. Um, is Can that explain this as well? Do you feel like you're more, more often in position to, to make a play on the ball um, from a safety position? Well, I think, I think any, any position on the field really allows you, you know, the chance to kind of make those plays. You know, I think for me, it's just all about staying committed. You know, you know I think early on in the season, I, I wasn't necessarily making those plays. And, you know, I think, you know, as a high competitor, you can kind of get out of it and, and thinking that none of those plays are ever going to come to you. But, you know, for me, I think the challenge is just staying involved, trying my best to stay involved um, and, and stay committed to what my coaches is doing and, you know, uh, I, I guess some good things have, have, have been happening for me lately. 
Tyron, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm well, thanks. The Buffalo Bills, obviously, it's been a while. Week six was the last time you faced them. And over the course of the season, as you, as you look at the tape now, what is the biggest difference, in your opinion, as you prepare to face them now? Yeah, I just think they're uh, same as us. I think they just kept growing and getting, getting better every week. Uh, and, and, and it's showing. Uh, still still got the same game plan, you know, as, as they did before. A lot, a lot of passing, more of a passing type offense. And, I mean, everyone knows that. But mixed in the run game as well. So, uh, for us, you know, game plan stays the same like it was last week. Make it one-dimensional and let our pass rushers rush. So, we're coming in with the mindset, like every week, is just making them one-dimensional. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, bitch? Hey. How are we doing? I'm good, man. I want to ask you about Cole Beasley. Uh, I know you guys spent a few years on the Cowboys together, um, and he's not a guy that gets the recognition like Stefan Diggs, but he still is able to make an impact on the game. I just want to find out uh, what, what kind of problems do you see he poses for, for you guys? Yeah, uh, B's a good athlete, man. He, he's one of the best in the slot. Uh, they do a good job moving him around. Uh, stacking him behind guys and letting him option, uh, do his option routes. And uh, that's where he, you know, made all his money off is living in that slot. Uh, you know, he's a tough guy. He's not afraid to get hit. You know, he, 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 he'll he block on run plays. So, uh, I mean, he's a good ball player. He doesn't get the recognition. Uh, but I think this year he did, man. I, I have seen just this over the media and things like that. I feel like a lot of guys are giving him recognition and things like that. So good for him. And, uh just like I say every week, uh, they're in our way. So all the all the positives they're doing, we're trying to stop it so we can get to where we need to get to. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hitch, kind of lost in what was Henny Mania was the stop that you guys had against the Browns. Just how important was that in, in achieving your goals and what did it mean to, to your unit? Yeah, uh, we won a lot of games this year off, of, you know, different guys making plays and different offense or defense or special teams or different parts of the game and uh, things like that. And uh, I mean, we had an opportunity to, to get a stop and we did as a defense. We played sound defense for uh, three solid plays right there and then the offense took over and they never got the ball back. So, yeah, it's the playoffs. We got to just find a way to win. I just keep saying that uh, we just find a way to win and that's what good teams do. Sometimes it's, you know, the offense, sometimes it's defense, sometimes individual players, sometimes it's special teams. It's, it's all over the place. But when you get a lot of good guys and a lot of group of guys that's working and studying, you know, good things happen. We'll go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Anthony, I have two questions for you. The first is because you guys practice against your offense, how much can that prepare you for an offense that's pretty similar, like you mentioned, and wanting to pass the football on first down for the majority of the time? And then Brad will have a follow up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we practice against, you know, in my opinion, the best offense in the league. Uh, I mean, we don't go go and get some too much uh, here in season uh, besides like the bye week. But uh, yeah, we, we, we've seen a lot of Patrick Mahomes and I feel like that's the that's the best you can get. So, uh, you know, our defense seen it all year long and we prepare for it. And uh, Josh Allen, everyone knows, man, he has the arm strength and extended plays and things like that. So we have we have a couple of things for that. And Make sure we in zone coverage. We got to stay on our guys and not leave them. And you know, think he's going to scramble to run. He's more scrambling to, to throw it down the field. Hitch, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys. You just heard from Steve Spagnolo, Tyron Matthew, and Anthony Hitchens, and we're going to get to Chris Jones. But first up, here's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, um, so much of the season has come down to having an opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. I uh-huh. just from your perspective, what is the sense? 
in the building, in the facility right now, knowing that you guys are one game away from returning to the Super Bowl? Well, you know what? I, I, I mean, to be honest, I feel like no one is like really thinking about, you know, actually going to the Super Bowl. I mean, we're all focused on the Buffalo Bills because obviously that's the task at hand. So that's that's been like everybody's focus right now. Like that's kind of the way we do things around, around here. Just focus one week at a time. And when the Super Bowl is here, you know, the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, baby. Go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyree. I mean, she's a player. Obviously, elite players like to go against elite players. And right. the Bills, they got Tredavious White, uh, their cornerback, two-time pro bowler. But as for you as one of the NFL's top receivers, does it change your mentality when you're going into the week knowing that you have to prepare to, to face a guy like Tredavious White? Uh, nah, man. I mean, he's a tremendous player. I mean, I, I think um, he fits their team very well. You know, I just feel like at the, at the very end of the day, it's still football. You know, I – I've been playing this sport ever since I was five years old, you know, so I'm going to still go out there and I'm going to compete and I'm going to work my, my tail off. You know, he's going to win some plays, I'm going to win some plays, you know, so that's just how it goes. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my job so I can win the majority of the plays, but, you know, let's be realistic, you know, so that's that. Let's go next to Vahe Gregorian. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Tyreek. Um, hey. Kind of a two-part question, Brad, if that's okay. Can, can you just take us through that catch you made the other day? Uh-huh. The ball basically touched every part of your body, and you, you kept your concentration. How much was that just instinct? How much could you feel yourself concentrating? Well, that goes back to just wanting to compete. You know, um, I've always – like, I've always been the smallest guy probably on like every team I've been on, you know, but I've always had the most heart, you know, and with that, you know, I'm a, um, I'm always outplay my height, you know, so those, those 50, 50 balls, I want to make every single one on mine. And, you know, and I just didn't want to make the same mistake I did during the Broncos game, you know, where, where like the ball hit every part of my body. And well, last week, you know, the same thing happened and I knew I caught it, you know, so. And the other part, Brad, thanks for the follow-up, is just, Tyreek, it's probably hard to describe this, but what do you think the, the things you've made the, the greatest strides in and just becoming a complete receiver have been? I mean, it's been a while since you can uh-huh. say that, but what, what, are you, what are you most proud of, the two or three things that made you a full receiver? Uh, probably the one thing I'm, I'm really proud of, you know, is just being able to, like, learn from different guys and just being able to, like, take coaching from, like, Coach Reed or – a Greg or just being able to like, just be a student of the game, you know, cause you know, like when you come into the league, like you think you hot shit, you know, so fifth round drop pick, you know, so like, you, like you, you automatically thank you the man, you know, especially like, I feel like um, most guys don't like, you know, take what's given to them, you know, same thing with Kelsey, he came in, he's able to be, you know, coached by one of the greatest coaches ever, you know, so I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what I'm very appreciative of, you know, just being a student of the game, just being able to learn from different minds and just hear like different perspectives, you know, like the same thing Robert Sala said about, you know, bringing all these different coaches in and stuff like that, hearing from like different point of views, because everybody like not one coach is going to be able to like give you, you know, all of the information to be the best wide receiver. But if, if I'm able to listen to Coach Reed, if I'm able to listen to Keith Williams, if I'm able to listen to Greg Lewis or EB or like, Pat, wherever he want me to be, you know, I'm able to, like, make my game better and better and better, you know, so just that. 
go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Tyreek, uh, kind of similar question here, but uh, I know how hard you work to become a complete receiver. What's it mean to you then that with the season on the line, Coach Reed goes to you on that fourth down play? It means a lot, man. Uh, that means I've, I've come a long way from the return specialist days, you know what? And that makes me feel like a great, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like, like growing up, man, I've always dreamed about being in the NFL and just making like those splash plays when you're like on ESPN, you know, when they like roll the play back. Like I've always dreamed of moments like that. And for me, that's like a moment come true, you know? So Coach Reed, thank you, man, for that moment. My family is in, is, is, thanks to you, Coach Reed. Thank you. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyreek. So what exactly was it that happened on the sideline between you and Greg Lewis? Can you kind of explain that? It's just my energy level, man. I feel like I play the game with so much passion, you know, and, and, I, and like, I mean, not only me, but we put so much into this game that, you know, like I come off the sideline, you know, like fired up, you know, and I just give my coaches show, you know. So that's just me and my personality, man. I'm just fired up and I'm just happy, you know, just to be in the NFL and just, you know, just to be a part a part of this great organization, you know. So, I mean, I, a lot of people, a lot of people seen it as me, like being a hothead on the sideline, being a diva, you could say, but it wasn't nothing like that. It was just I'm fired up and just trying to give the guys energy, you know? So, because as you've seen, like, like, think about it. Like, I just wish people, I mean, everybody would just think about it. If I would have really pushed my coach, everybody would have been holding me back. So, it was just like one of those fired up pushing, we laughing, we giggling. You know, we just, we, we just enjoying, you know, each other, you know? So, that's all it was. We'll go to final two, Karen Kornacki and then Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Tyreek, you're awesome. Hey, you're awesome. I wanted to just ask you, I mean, in that game, that fourth down play, you didn't right. have Patrick and you guys stepped up. I mean, you and Travis Kelsey and your defense. So is that the attitude that whether Patrick can play this week or not, whether he's 100% or not, you guys right. know that by stepping up, you can still get to where you want to go? I mean, <laughs> the goal is to have Patrick, but I, like, I, I mean, I really don't know, but... I feel like it doesn't matter who out there, you know, um, whoever steps in that quarterback, we're going to put our confidence in them the same way this organization, you know, has their back to be able to back up one of the best quarterbacks in the game, you know. So, I mean, if, if Chad come in the game and, you know, he's feeling like awkward or something like that, then like who knows, man, how that game would turn out. But I feel like the moment he came in, you know, guys were like patting him on the back, showing, showing him love, you know, making plays for him. The run game got going. Offensive line got blocking. You know, so things like that, you know, really, you know, helps a, a guy out, you know, who's been in this league a long time. So, I mean, it's not too hard for him. But if he is in there, you know, we, we still going to compete, you know, because it's just in us. You know, like we just can't go out there on Sunday and not play hard, you know, because we wouldn't be playing at the highest level if it wasn't in us. So. Let's go next and last to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Thanks, Brad. I'll just one quick thing after this, but um, Tyreek, you, you mentioned how you're a student of the game. You've talked about watching other wide receivers on film before. What have you seen this year right. from Stephon Diggs taking off, and has there been anything that you like that he did that maybe you implement to your game? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I just love, uh, I just love his, uh, his uh, rack ability. You know, like when I think of Stefan Diggs, I think of rackability and I also think about, you know, being able to like get in and out of breaks and his routes and stuff like that. He's a great receiver. 
Um, he's one of the top receivers of the game, and I and I really respect him. You know, so I mean, we just got to see who has the better game, him or Kelsey, because I'm still a return specialist. I know that's actually what I was going to ask you about this return yeah. specialist thing. It happened a couple of years ago. Was that like the greatest right. gift you could have gotten for your career, as far as just like yeah. everyday motivation, that type of thing? Oh yeah, yeah, man, that's definitely you know up there, um, high on the charts, you know, but. I mean, I guess I fit well in the scheme. That's all I got to say. I just fit well in the scheme, man. And got a great quarterback, great coach, great weapons all around me, great offensive line. So I just feel, I just fit well in the scheme. Tariq, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, gentlemen and gentle ladies. When, you, when you're looking at tape of Buffalo right now, do they look like a really confident team? They've only lost once since you guys played them, and that was that Hail Mary. They, 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 do they look like a team coming in with a lot of confidence? Yeah, they're, they're, they're rolling right now. They're playing some of their best ball, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The defense has improved since we, since we played them. And uh, quarterback is playing outstanding. Uh, they're saying it all year. He's playing at an MVP caliber level. So uh, they're steamrolling right now, man. They're, they're firing all similar. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Good, Matt. Cool. Hey, Chris, on the inside, you're going to be going up against an old teammate in, in Mitch Morse. Um, just curious, you know, what is it about, you know, scouting one of your old teammates and you still keep in touch with Mitch? Um, unfortunately I don't, man. Um, it's, it's weird. Cause I forgot that he played the first time we played him. I seen him out there. I'm like, Mitch, you still look good, man. And it's always competitive when you get to go, go against guys that you, um, once played with and, um, it's all fun, you know, it's comp- competition, you know, my team against his and, um, uh, made the best guy wins. Go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Chris, kind of, kind of twofold here. You, you, kind of night and day, and the team you're going up against. You know, the the two running backs pounding away with the Cleveland Browns last week to a team that really seems to uh, not have any problem abandoning the run. Just what, what is it? You know, how difficult is it to make that kind of change? And, and do you like that? That they are, uh, you know, one that you really guys can focus on the pass rush. Well, you know, the the team. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, us two years ago, you know, when we had the high-powered offense uh, and we was able to score it well. Those guys can score it well, man. Um, Singletary, the running back, he, he <laughs> they can still run the ball. I don't think they just completely abandoned, but their quarterback is doing so well, so why not leave it in a quarterback hand? So we got to try to stop the run and uh, contain this quarterback. You know, um, the guy can throw 80-yard bummers. Uh, he can throw 60 yards uh, on a run. So, you know, we – we got to try to contain him and slow him down. I don't think we're going to be able to stop him, but we can contain him. Got time for two more. We'll go Pete and then Harold. Go ahead, Pete. Chris, I have a question about Allen as well. Uh, based upon your meetings and, and your film work, it just seems like he's one of the stronger quarterbacks in the league as far as pocket presence. What do you think maybe the keys are, are going to be able to, to get contain him and, and get him down on, on Sunday? Try to collapse the pocket as a front four and uh, play fundamentally sound on the back end. You know, um, Spag Shoes, we have a, a heck of a game plan for us. And we play fundamentally sound and uh, limit our mistakes and force turnovers. I think we can contain these guys. Sounds easy, but it's, it's far from easy. These guys are dynamic. You know, they got one of the better wide receivers in this game. And uh, Stefan Davis, he can line up all over the place. So, you know, we got to try to make sure we know where he's at. Him and Cole Beasley, one of the best slots in the game. And uh, try to contain those guys. We'll ask to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. 
Hey, Chris, you know, when uh, Patrick went down, you guys definitely stepped up in his absence and you guys are now 12th in scoring defense. Overall, you've steadily improved a little bit slowly, but surely what has gone on to the defense's confidence, knowing that, you know, when the game's on your backs, you guys have the opportunity and you do close out games. How confident are you guys going into this? That shows the character of his team, man. When one guy goes down, we can all pick it back up, man. You know, Chad Henney did his thing on offense. And defense, we needed to give the ball back to our offense. Uh, we knew that going in, um, going into that to that drive, that it was going to be important on the outcome of this drive and the outcome of the game. And um, we had to force a a, a, a few um, drives to let them not get a first down. You know, they end up getting it on the um, the quarterback sneak, and you know, the first play we stopped Nick Chubb on a, the stopped them two yards in the backfield, then. Third down came, we made them check it down fast, and then they're just fundamentally sound defense. We was able to get off the field, get a ball back to our offense, and let them do their thing. Um, but everyone just had to step it up. We knew, you know, no one wanted to go home, and we knew how important the drive was. Chris, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Enjoy.